Hello everyone, this is Kaprogman here. I just wanted to let you know before we start the episode that uh, the Waffling Tailors are going on a little break. Essentially, we're not going to release any episodes in April, and this is because we're each on vacation. I'm not entirely sure what Squidgy is up to, but I'm sure he'll have loads of fun. I, myself, I'm going to Japan for a few weeks. That's right, I'm going to the Land of the Rising Sun. But what I'm promising you now is that I'm going to record some travelogues, as it were, whilst I'm out there. And then we're going to edit them all together into an episode for when we come back in May. So enjoy this episode. It's Chief Problems, Lulu and myself and Squidgy talking about, well, I mean, you'll find out in a minute. Another question for us, or are we spending more time on FF15? What was that question that you mentioned before, Lulu? Oh, actually, I got a couple through from Discord. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So the first one comes from someone in my FC on FF14. His name's uh, Danoth Strongarm in the game. And he says, um, I always like hearing people's opinion and why they think the voiceless heroes of the earlier games seem to resonate with fans more than the voice-acted ones of the later games. Oh, I'm going first. I'm going first on this one. Go Go on. I think it resonates with me because when I first played Final Fantasy VII, I put my own voice as Cloud, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I kept him, well, I renamed him. But when I played through it recently, every line that Cloud said, it was in the voice of Terry Crews in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Building kick! (laughs) <laughs> Terry loves yogurt. Damn, Jay. Terry loves love. All right, that's the important <laughs> thing. Well, for me, I think the um, it's because you put your own voices in there, don't you? Mm. You don't just read it. I put my own voice in there. I think the only sort of difference for that was when I first watched the CG film Advent Children. Mm. I watched all the way through in English, and that was hard to do. The one line that I loved was the Kate Sith line, and it turned out Kate Sith was Scottish. Lassie, shut your gob. Yeah, that was a surprise. So then I immediately played um, Final Fantasy IX, and I made Vivi Scottish, and it makes all the difference. (laughs) Sorry, Vivi. Let me get that right. Yeah, but I made him Scottish, and it makes all the difference. It really does. Excellent. (laughs) Little innocent cherub that's just got a Scottish accent. Walk no! (laughs) (laughs) We. My brain's dribbling out my shoes now, never mind my ears. I definitely like it because you can put your own voices in. I mean, (laughs) if you get the wrong voice for a main uh, protagonist, it it just gets on your nerves. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think for me, it was just like we've all read books here, we've all, we're readers. And. You get invested in a book because it's so personal. It's you in your head and you're putting it all together. And I think that's why I enjoy the old text dialogue boxes because it feels so personal. Don't get me wrong, there's been some fantastic voice acting over the years. Some not so great, but others have been like phenomenally good. And, you know, I've still been invested in it, but. Again, it just there was something really personal about reading it yourself. Like Squidge said, you could create your own voices of what you thought they would sound like in your head. So that kind of added to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Squidge there. What about you, Jay? Come on. You see, whereas I'm I'm hearing the question of a slightly different way. So you guys are focusing on the um, 
you know, the old text-based games where the characters don't really speak. Mm. They more sort of, it's narrated to you. Whereas I'm seeing that question as more of like a Gordon Freeman sort of voiceless hero, sort of you are the hero. Yeah, or what, like Link? Yeah, and so like I, I like those kinds of adventures because it's more a case of the I'm interacting with the world, like it's me interacting with the world, not some rando character. It's, you know, I become Gordon Freeman, but it's more a case of Gordon Freeman becomes me. Yeah. And I guess Link becomes me. Yeah, I can get that because with 14, your character, even though every now and again, you will be given like an option to respond. For the most part, your character is silent. They'll, you know, they'll nod, they'll shake their head, they'll react, but they won't speak. I love 14 story and I love how you are the the silent hero and it is kind of joked about among NPCs like oh you don't really say much do you and I like that that's kind of like thrown in there every now and again to remind you that yeah you don't speak I like being able to sit there you know and watch a cutscene and then have my own reaction and it's like well that's my character's reaction as well because the character is me and I'm the character yeah it, I can see that the other question I got, well, it was a two for one, actually. Ooh, I like a bargain. Comes from a, a friend of mine, Sin. She says, besides the long anticipated remake for Final Fantasy VII, which game do each of you predict will become the next to be remade? She also follows on to say, additionally, how have games differed over the years from when you have first played them, i.e. earlier titles, versus now in your adulthood? Do you feel your perspectives has changed? Ooh. Ah, good one, So who's Matt. going fast? So, f***ing video games used to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old trope, but yeah, you look at like the old NES and SNES games and you were in that for the long haul. You know, mm. you paid your... $40, $50, you got your game and you would play that until you'd completed it and it wouldn't it wouldn't take you an afternoon. No. It wouldn't take you two or three days. It would take you a week, two weeks, and you'd have to talk to all of your friends and get some advice from magazines oh, yes, and you know the first few strategy guides. Days. Yeah, pre-internet. Maybe maybe if you were lucky enough you were on a bulletin board, but that would be it. Mm. You know, your only chance was to really sort of slog through. Whereas these days you just ask google yeah not even that like a lot of the titles are very much a case of press x not to die yeah 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 you just gotta press it fast enough yeah i can agree with that but then again as a counter argument for that do you think that maybe we're perceiving that games were harder when we were younger because we were younger yeah yeah no 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 you go i'll tell you what right Fire up a Nintendo emulator and attempt to play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Okay. And tell me that that was hard because you were a kid. But no, I I think it's a valid argument. We were all young and still learning these things. So it's just like, is it a perception of we perceived them to be harder because we were younger and inexperienced or were they genuinely harder? I think as well, um, you have to remember that, you know, back in the day, there were maybe four or five really good video game designers. You know, the reason why Shigeru Miyamoto has lasted so long in the business is because he knows how to make the games that people want Mm. to play and not just that like you look at the very first level on the super mario brothers game right the very first level teaches you everything you need to know to play the rest of the game Uh yeah like as soon as it starts there's something on the far right hand of the screen you don't know it's an enemy but then you go to walk towards it and the screen starts to move that teaches you you have to move from left to right you then get a row of boxes and they have question marks on them and you're wondering 
well, why do they have question marks on them? Now you've decided that they're enemies. One of the enemies sort of bounces from one down to another, from a top level down to a bottom level. And you wonder, I wonder what will happen if I jump and hit that. Oh, wait, I can jump. Okay, so what, what happens if I jump? Oh, wow, this other different thing comes out of it and it's coming towards me. What happens if I touch it? Every single part of the first level of Super Mario Brothers is about teaching you how to play the game, mm-hmm. which is genius. And it's passive teaching as well. It's like, yeah. it's not saying, hey, push this. Like a lot of the modern games will like interrupt you whilst you're playing. Yeah. And usually in the middle of something that you are really like geared up and yeah. involved in to take you away from it, to point you at a thing and say, go over here, push this button and then come back. And it's like, you could have told me that when I was closer to it, not straight away. You're not mm. really supposed to be spoon feeding me this information. You know, whereas if you counter that, I think that the older games, at least from like, uh, I guess the second, third generation, mm. because there were no real rules, it felt a lot like, I don't know whether any of you guys have done any escape rooms, but it's very much like an escape room. Like the first puzzle you do teaches you how to do the rest of the puzzles and Mm. then you're on your own. Whereas modern video games are very much a case of even on the very last level, I'm going to interrupt you to tell you how to do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I, I thought we were going into the start of FF6 there. I was expecting to go, <laughs> bong, do, do, do. <laughs> I've never played FF6. Oh, mate, you haven't lived. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Such a good game. I know, I've heard a lot about it and um, just not played it. That deserves a remake. Really? I think so. I would play it. I think more so than seven. Yes. I can understand why they went for seven. Yeah, I mean, seven is like a lot of people's gateway drug into 3D JRPGs. Mm-hmm. So I could totally get that. Yeah. But six had a better story, it had better mechanics, it had better characters. Had a lot of characters. Will they remake it? That's the question. Again, it's it's a bias because it's my favourite, but I'm wondering if the reason why they're being so cagey with FFA is because that's what they kind of want to do that next. Because uh, they okay. said nothing for its 20th anniversary. And like Final Fantasy 7, 9, 10, and 12 are going on the Nintendo Switch, but not Final Fantasy 8. Right. Final Fantasy 8 hasn't been ported to PS4. And it's like, why not? And uh, part of me, you know, the small child optimistic me is just like please say it's because they want to do a remake after seven that would be lovely that would be awesome because visually final fantasy 8 is stunning yes even now and it's 20 years old it still looks amazing just imagine it in this generation's graphics oh you're just imagining that ballroom oh i like that that ballroom dance would be amazing Idea's parade would look amazing. Yeah, I mean, I remember that scene, the ballroom scene, and I really, really liked it. It was very ambitious for its time. Yeah. That's what I like to think is, you know, again, I I understand it's a bias because it's my favourite, but I would like to see them remake 8 because it deserves it. But I also think that 6 deserves it as well. I can agree with you there. Mm. Big fan of Final Fantasy 6, yeah, I I can definitely agree with you 6 is amazing. But in in my opinion, I think that, I mean, Jay can attest to this, but 
any game from back in the day, especially on the NES, I made it in exceptionally harder for myself because I wouldn't play anything that wasn't on the advantage stick. Mm. Yes. And, I mean, I was small then. The buttons were the size of my hand. I could <laughs> smash them with my feet. Now they're not. But I'd play things like um, Castlevania, Contra, Battletoads, you name it. It mm. was on the advantage stick. I wouldn't use the pad normally. Damn, Terry. So, for me, it was harder, but it was by my own device <laughs> that I made it harder. But I think if there was a game to be remade, it'd be, I can't remember which one, but it's the one for the SNES where you start off and one of the first things you do is jump off a cliff. Uh, Mystic Quest. That's the oh, one. I'd, yeah. I'd do Mystic Quest. You know, you know, just sort of at that shoulder shrug. Ah, whatever, I'll just dive off. <laughs> Go yeah. On. I think I'd redo that because I think it'll work pretty well. Yeah, Mystic Quest was enjoyable and one that not many fans have played. Oh, they're missing out. I know, right? Oh, and don't forget there was Final Fantasy Legends 1, 2, and 3 on the Game Boy. I played the second one. I had Final Fantasy Legends 3 because they were quite hard to come across. They've got some great titles under their belt. I mean, I understand when they did the HD remaster of 10, it made sense because it was a game that was easy for them to give a facelift to because it was on a console that wasn't too old. And graphically, it wasn't dissimilar to what's coming out now. So I can understand them going for that for a remaster first. And I was happy because I love 10. 10's great. 12, I'm still working my way through again because I have gripes with 12. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Even Square Enix had gripes with 12, mainly keeping a producer for it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get too far in 12, but I think the point where I thought I was in trouble was there's a point right near the beginning of the game where it says, right, we're going to go into the sewers to get into a castle or something. Mm. And you get pre-warned. This is the last save point before you get to the end of this. And this dungeon could take you six hours. Mm. And I just sort of went, I ain't got that time. Yeah. I need to save every 10 seconds on a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't trust myself. I just I, I don't know how this game works. The combat system's really weird. And you tell me I can't save for six hours? Out the window. I think my major problem with 12 was the last boss. It felt kind of underwhelming. What was the last boss? It was like a board with a nail in it. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, would that be better than the final boss that you well, got? I remember yeah. playing it and thinking, oh, is that it? Yeah, no, literally, that's what I was like, because, you know, I, di- I did it, and I was like, okay, what's next, you know, because that's like the, the precursor yeah. final boss, and then it was like, nope, roll credits, and I was like, what, seriously? Do you know earlier when I was saying about, like, well building and no payoff, mm. that's my go-to reason for that one, for that view, because it, it seemed alright at first, but nothing happens at the end but the battle system was quite good yeah because you look back at like the previous titles like the last boss had at least four bloody forms oh i can't remember now i think i've deleted it from my memory but (laughs) i mean you're not missing much (laughs) i I remember thinking like i said just oh it's finished i've done that now I turned my PlayStation off and But, uh, yeah. Um, but the battle mechanics were quite good. It reminds me of uh, Dragon Age Origins. Because they had a gambit system, didn't they? I wasn't a huge fan of the gambit system. Oh, okay. I must admit, mainly because you could set it up and the game would play, would play itself. play itself, yeah. And it's like, yes. oh, okay. 
this is great. <laughs> I'm just going to sit and watch them do their thing, really, for 20 minutes, and then, woo, I've won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, yeah, I know what you mean. I know so, yeah, mean. that that felt a bit flat to me. Yeah. If you set them up right, you could literally do that, couldn't you? You could literally not play it. Yeah. Yeah, which just defeats the point. Exactly. So I, so I, I, I felt the the gambit system was a bit meh. Eh. Yeah. Meh. Meh. I've never felt the need to replay it though, like ever. <laughs> I I only that started replaying it because I got the HD re- remaster, the Zodiac Age, and it's like oh, it, at that yeah. point it was like I haven't played this game since it was first released. Let's see if you know now that I'm a bit older whether I'll appreciate it more. And, nah. (laughs) Literally, my thoughts are the same thing. I love Balthier's voice and Fran's backside is a sight to behold. (laughs) And that's literally it. It, I could forget her backside. What was it? Was it a big backside? I forget. It was a beauteous backside. Was oh. backside. Actually, funnily enough, we are getting Viera in Final Fantasy XIV in the next expansion as a playable race. I don't know what that means. The one with uh, the, the um, bunny ears. people. Oh, the, the bunny people. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. Oh, okay, and okay. we're also getting a Gunblade class. Oh, God. Oh. That's you gone, isn't it? <laughs> yep. All right. It's a tank, though, and I'm upset because I'm like, but I'm no good at tanking, but I can live my squall <laughs> dreams because they're calling oh. it Gunbreaker, which is fine. I can live with that because they've said that they've designed it around Final Fantasy VIII and the Gunblades in Final Fantasy VIII. So I'm just like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the next expansion. All right. Um, Squidgy has just shown me a picture of Franz ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> a safer work picture, I might add. It's um, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right, yeah. <laughs> Literally, I, I, I genuinely thought like maybe it was just the time of my life when the game was released that I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. So it was like you know I'm older now, you know, because twelve is very politically driven. Mm. Yes, and I thought you know being. Like 10, 12 years older, I thought, yeah, maybe I'll just appreciate it more because, you know, I know a bit more about the world, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I'm still got the same takeaway that Balthier's voice is like sex to the ears and (laughs) Rand's backside is just the driving force to keep moving forward because you get to watch her run ahead of you. (laughs) What you're basically saying is if you had an infinite loop of Fran running, yeah. While the other guy does his voice acting, you would quite happily watch that and listen to that for hours. Yeah. Seems worthy of a purchase, then. In a nutshell, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you say, sorry, uh, when you say it was politically motivated, like, what, what do you mean? I, I don't remember thinking that when I played it. Well, you've got to think, because you've got... Because they're going to war, basically... There's all the politics that come with it, all the people that they go and speak to that are giving their input and you're learning about why certain sistering nations aren't getting involved and why others are. And yeah, it's it's quite political. I didn't remember that. Maybe because I've blanked the game for so long that I've... I, I bet if I played it again now, I would, I would see that. But, um... Yeah, it is quite political, which... Generally, I don't mind political storylines. I mean, I love 
I know this is going slightly off topic here, but Gundam Wing, uh-huh. uh, the anime Gundam Wing was very politically driven. And I watched that when I was oh, 15, 16, and I loved it, despite all the politics and being so young and not really knowing much about politics in real world terms. Uh-huh. Um, I still enjoyed it. So it wasn't that it was just the politics alone that put me off. It was just that it felt a bit, I don't know, too convoluted. Mm, okay. There comes a point where it's like, you're going to lose your audience. Oh, there you go. There's the audience. They've gone. You've lost them. (laughs) (laughs) You've lost them, bro. Well, if I ever play it again, I mean, I generally like politics in games. So do I, but like I say, there comes a point where you're just getting lost. Yeah. Like, Final Fantasy VIII, I think, got it right. Oh, God, you can clearly tell I love it. Um, (laughs) There was politics in that game, but it was done in such a way that it didn't feel too heavy with it. Mm. Uh, You know, it was easy to follow because, you know, you had the internal garden politics and then you had the politics with Golbadia um, and their armies and blah, 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 blah. and. It was done in such a way that it didn't feel that you were being overwhelmed by it. Yeah, that's and that's true. how it should be. Yeah. I mean, my, my sort of remembrance of Final Fantasy Twelve when I got it and played it was I got up to the part where you had to sneak in the castle. Now, given that, that was right near the beginning. Mm. But up until that point, I hadn't got in one single fight. Mm. So my playthrough on that so far was walking around the city and covering stuff to things that I can't do yet because it hasn't been unlocked, but I'm just seeing what shops you can have. Mm. And then I wasn't able to go outside the gate, so I couldn't run into a battle. And then it was mainly story-driven. And by the time I got to that point, I was maybe four hours in, and I encountered one battle, and that just lost me there. It wasn't the the story. I knew it was political and and base and what have you, but it was just there was no fights within four hours. It was just walking around, trying to figure out where I'm going, not being told where to go. And that just did my head in because, to me, that's not a game. That's a walking simulator. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hit something with a giant sword. Thwack. Right, go on with the story. Your main character walking through the streets gets arrested because you just twopped someone on the head. <laughs> right, I'm happy. Let, on with the story. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was just, for me, it was just way too much story and no action. Mm. It just did my head in. I, I, I couldn't do anything. I Still, to this day, I don't know what the, the fighting system's like. Because I didn't get to it. <laughs> Four and a half hours in. Nope, I'm gone. Six, just, six hour story segment. Nah. You just set the gambits up when you walk forwards. In that it. case, I might as well just put the pad down. Or turn the console <laughs> off. Yeah, you play yourself. I'll go eat some cookies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lulu, where could people go to find out more about you or to sort of chat with you about video gamey things if you're into that or like you do streaming, right? I do. I have a Twitch channel, which is... Uh, twitch.tv forward slash lulu underscore cross area and you can also find me i'm just gonna double check yeah that is my twitch <laughs> and my Twitter, you can find me at lulu underscore cross area same again okay so you can find me there and i'm always willing to chat about these things because i love talking about it and i will chew your ear off <laughs> so i come with a warning don't engage me in Final Fantasy talk unless you have time. <laughs> Do not engage in verbal combat. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I am like a, you know, I am a high tier boss. <laughs> there is no save point before me. <laughs> we'll make a point of putting uh, links to those in the show notes. What about you, uh, 
Chief, have you got any online stuff you want to tell the people about? Well, no, uh, he has to get no, contacted no, by a crook. I, I don't want to be contacted online at all. So if you'd... Yeah, you have <laughs> to send him a message via Riv. <laughs> yeah, you have to, if you, if you really, you, you can send all queries to Squidgy or the Waffling Tailors, and um, I may or may not answer them. That's a no. <laughs> so, no, I'll be happy to chat games as, as, and field any questions, but especially strategy game players, because there's still like four of us that do, isn't there? <laughs> so, you know. And three of them are you. <laughs> yeah. Your very public email address is squidgy at waffling tailors. Yes, and I will endeavour to answer you. In some you way. won't. I will, I will, you, I will. Your nose grew up four feet then. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I will, I will, I will reply in some way. A bit like a politician's answer this, isn't it? He'll send smoke signals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my spokesman will read this comment. <laughs> but no, no, I will. I, I'll, I'll, I'll reappear on the podcast and answer queries that have been aired. But how about that? Okay, fair enough. So if you have a question for Chief Problem, send it to us at the Waffling Dellers HQ. And what we'll do is we'll use it as an excuse to get him back on the show. And then we'll uh, we'll give him sort of like an FBI type uh, interrogation and get him to answer all of your questions. All your questions, yeah. Hey, if, right. if I get every chance to beat up Chief, I'm in. <laughs> that's not very nice, is it? <laughs> Strap him to a chair and just make him watch things he don't like. Oh, no, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. Sounds a bit clockwork orange way. Yeah, I know. It was a little bit, yeah. I'm saying nothing. It is. <laughs> Apart from that and that. And no, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Squidge? Have you got anything going on? Have you got anything you want to tell the people about? I got an itchy foot. <laughs> oh, no, it's spreading. If it gets too much, just lop it off and stick it in that pie. We'll be fine. Oh, by the way, do you know, sorry to interrupt, but we was going to talk about pie. And this will be very short, very short, very short. But I was just saying, my favourite pie is chicken and mushrooms. Same! What? Yeah, brilliant! We have the same controller legs. Oh, this is amazing. Can't go wrong with a chicken and mushroom pie. Exactly. You can eat it hot or cold. Exactly. But the the thing is, the the issue is, you can't do the same with a steak bake. No. Eat it cold and, and you think, ugh. I mean, we're, we're trying to do an outro. I'm tempted just to turn his mic off. And, uh, yeah, yeah. sorry about that. So have a think about what pie you like. <laughs> well, interestingly... Oh, not you at all. Bloody hell, here we go. Welcome to part four. <laughs> That's it. It's five weeks later and we're still f***ing dogging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please, I need to eat. I need to sleep. I gotta pee. <laughs> But yeah, uh, interestingly, um, in America, they don't tend to have savoury pies. So every time you talk about a pie to an American, they're like, what, apple pie? Why would you put gravy on that? Because <laughs> we're normal and we put meat in it. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah, there you go. I have to take offence to that. None of us here are normal. No. So now that we've discussed pie and kept Chief happy... <laughs> What is your favourite type of pie? Send your answers in on a postcard somehow to our uh, Waffling Tellers HQ and we may read it out. Or stick it in a pie. (laughs) Or or bake it into a pie. This is the comment pie. Have a slice. They should send you pictures of pies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. They can be like Ignis. Provide us with new recipes. (laughs) I've come up with a new recipe. Yeah! (laughs) 
Smashing! Smashing! Well Do you realise what you've done? <laughs> Send pictures of pies! <laughs> So you've nothing to uh, you've nothing to to shell, have you, Squidgy? Not really, no. Other than your Ridgey fun, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not say anything in case Chief goes onto another tangent. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I promise. I guess inundated with pictures anymore. of pies. That's the end of the tangenting. Yeah, right. Yeah, make sure that you click through and check out the show notes, everyone who's listening, because you know we've got those typed up. There'll be links to uh, Lulu's Twitch channel, maybe uh, Chief's pie blog. If he starts one, places where you can follow us and Lulu and not follow Chief because he's not on the internet because he doesn't believe in it. It's yes, not on the grid. Yeah, it's, it's a decadent technology. <laughs> you don't think it's going to take off, do you? No, no, no. What you want to aim for and put your money in is VHS, the tapes. Betamax? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to take off. VHS, my money's in HD DVD, so the lawyer. But yeah, make sure you click through to the links. Remember, of course, that we are part of the J&J Media Network. Go over to j&j.media, that's J-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y.media, which uh, will tell you a little bit about the kind of things that J&J do. Uh, it's essentially a collective of uh, me and my friend Jay Miller, who make loads and loads of podcasts, and we thought, hey... We could sort of make a business out of this, so we're attempting to make a business out of it. So if you know someone who wants to start a podcast or a newsletter or something, send them over. We can help them out. Uh, give us a rating or review in your podcatcher of choice because that helps to uh, it, it, well, it helps to make people listen to more episodes where you tie them down to a chair and play it through the headphones. But um, it helps to get the word out and get more episodes into more people's ears because then the podcatcher networks will then go, hey, this show is getting lots of ratings and reviews. We'd better, you know, make sure people are listening to it sort of thing. So definitely do that. I mean, you don't have to give us a five-star review, but it would be nice. And uh, we'll get uh, we'll get Chief to bake you a pie if you, if you do. A comment pie. Comment pie. Yeah, he'll send you a pie with a comment in it. So yeah, definitely do that and check us out on the website wafflingtailors.rocks. If you don't know the URL by now, because I've just said it, then maybe you weren't listening, at which point maybe you have to rethink how you subscribe to podcasts, because if you're playing it and not listening, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you, could dance, you could dance a jig. I was almost as convoluted as a Final Fantasy plot there, mate. <laughs> Don't let Square you say that. We'll try and make it into a bloody game. Oh, God, yeah. The Square Enix podcast Final Fantasy game. Which is just a dance, dance revolution game. It's only audio. It's a blank screen. <laughs> <laughs> let that idea seep into your brain. Yeah, I think my brain just broke. I don't want it to, Scridge. Make it go away. I'll make it worse. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather you didn't. Fair enough. Chief? And Lulu, it has been a pleasure talking to the pair of you again. We should have you both on the podcast again another time, maybe together, maybe apart. I don't know. Um, I don't really want to have Chief apart from himself on the podcast because that could get a bit messy. And uh, Scridgy, as always, it's been a right pleasure talking to you because you're always loads of fun. Everyone on the show is always loads of fun. Um, thank you ever so much for being on the show, folks. It's been loads of fun. Okay, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. That's, that's Scridgy's way of saying thank you for having me on my podcast. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to J-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y dot M-E-D-I-A or check the show notes for a link. Are we just doing like noises now? This is highly confusing. When I push this bit, the escaping air sounds like... Quare. Mmm, smashing.